Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast. I will be with you today along with our director of medicine, Doc Jones. Oh, and I, by the way, am Amber L. Um, I don't, I don't feel like there's too, too many female voices that show up on the podcast. So everybody should know this by now. <clears throat> no, I, just sometimes you'll, if you don't, if I don't introduce myself, I'm hoping they catch my accent at some point And then they're like, oh, that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate, thanks for being here today. I'm really excited to talk about these courses we get to teach together this summer because they're the funnest. I think everybody deserves to know about them. I know. I wish we I wish we could offer this to more people in more locations, but I just this course was made for the, for Julian, California right now. Yeah, the uh, I mean the whole location is the probably the only way that this course is gonna work so far. So until we find other other locations, uh, it's too it's too unique of a spot and that's why we had to make it. Okay, this course, well, first off, let's start by explaining to them what it is and what they can expect um, to get out of it if they are going to make the hike down to Southern California um, for this course. But this was your brainchild, so tell me about it. So the uh, the course has started because, again, we have a lot going on already. There's the, the women's retreat uh, that is happening for the couple days prior, and then we have the archery expo going on along with the 3d shoot and so again we were trying to figure out okay well what what can we teach what can we do and when we realized that other people are going to want to do tons of things we didn't want to tie anybody down for a long <laughs> period of time so we decided okay we've got four day or we got four hours four hours what can we teach in four hours um and four hours isn't a whole lot of time to go into into depth or into you know really in any one subject it kind of, you know, most of our classes are, are eight hours long. It's like for, if we're doing a one day course and to try to parse any of those up in one day, didn't make a whole lot of sense. So I thought, okay, well, instead of one topic, why don't we go into multiple um, and specifically at the ranch, because they're always doing tons of hunting and uh, you know, they're outdoors a lot. I thought, all right, well, we tailor it to them. You know, they specifically asked that we do a bunch of, survival training um you know some land navigation and, and med is one that just comes up all the time so then we're talking about all right what the, you know to get into any one of these subjects we've got to do it at an inch deep and a mile wide to kind of just make it super introductory we don't know who's going to show up and so i like to to start always at the basics and that's where we go and for that it was okay um but then how do i make it fun you know, if we've only got four hours, you know, we could do an hour basically per, you know, the, the three different topics. And then the one thing that I like out of some of the first field craft classes that I did and that we started with was, you know, you test your equipment, you know, and you get to develop confidence in it. You get to actually go out and, and do whatever some of these activities are. So it becomes experiential knowledge. And so that was like, the big uh, component or missing ingredient to it was, all right, well, then how do I give people some confidence in their equipment? How do I give them, you know, the ability to demonstrate some skills and some confidence in those skills that they that way they can actually 
take those out into the world and, and be successful with them. Uh, and so that's where, um, somehow I actually think that I was, um, I was like cleaning up after my kids playing games. And then I found, uh, we have the Oregon trail card game mm. and we'll play that as a family every so mm. often. Nobody ever survives. And you died dysentery. <laughs> everything. It will, the, the, the hard part. You know, and uh, I I love it. Like I still remember to this day. Like I have very vivid memories of walking into the computer lab at school to uh, to play that game. And uh, you know, you'd pick people that were your friends and put them in your party. Just to, you know, kind of roll the dice, see who's going to survive. You know. Um, and anyway, so then I started putting in that context. I was like, oh, holy crud, man! Like this used to be, this used to be real life. You know that. Uh, and anyways, and then all of a sudden, just like the parallel started coming with me, you know, like the, the Oregon trail, man, those guys were like, uh, some of the, you know, that's like original overlanding and, you know, the, the skills that, that, that had to come with that, uh, was super fun. And so I kind of, you know, took some of the things that we've done from other courses that we ran and then basically put it together. All right, well, Hey, I can send you on a confidence course where we can give you some of the tools and some of the instruction and do a little bit of teaching. And then I'm going to send you out on your way. Uh, send you out into the wild and see how much of it you can complete and basically have you navigate yourself from point to point. Hopefully it's the right point. If it's the wrong point, you're going to complete the wrong tasks. And then uh, we'll treat that as you navigated the wrong place. You got lost and probably died of cholera. And, you know, then, <laughs> um, you know, and, I feel and, like and we should bring how... a soundtrack though. Like we need a speaker so that we can play the very melancholy music when someone dies, like you always heard when you played Oregon Trail. Right. Yeah. Uh, we. It's like you know. I'm still. There's all kinds of things you know that I'm still playing with. It's like I. Uh, I've got to. I've to talk some people into like. There's there's some patches that I've kind of started making that I want to make where you know. Hey, if you score an eighty percent or better, you know, on this class, then uh, maybe I'll give you a free patch for having successfully completed. Uh, the trail. Um, yep. Yep. And we'll see how many places that, that we can end up bringing it. But again, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, and the fun part is we'll put everyone into groups. And so when you look at all the different components of like, man, what do these people have to do? They had to basically uh, uproot themselves, sell their belongings, join a community that maybe it was people they know, or they just jumped in with a whole bunch of random strangers just to get themselves 2000 miles away. And, uh, so anyways, it's like, you know, we're trying to build in all the things of, of the parts of the classes that we do that I love. It's uh, getting people to meet each other and, and to and build their new community, learn new skills, test it out a little bit and to, to walk away with not just, uh, you know, feeling is understanding and to walk away with the knowledge and the, the confidence that they can at least perform some of these skills. Uh, but again, the conversations are an HD but a mile wide. And so the goal is that they obviously understand that, you know, hey, there's this is just the beginning. There's so much more that people can do. Uh, and to, to come add to those skills, come build them. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like, um, even with a short period of time to school people up in something, 
there's so much value in being able to physically watch somebody do something right in front of you versus just, I mean, we love online training. Like I'm not going to going to negate that. You know, I'm in the middle of program 62 round two right now. So I know how much value comes from online training, but even with just four hours being in physical proximity with people, watching them walk through the steps to effectively and efficiently carry out a skill set, And then you being able to do the check on learning and then do it and teach it back, you know, to the instructor or to the other students is hugely valuable. And so even with, this will be my second experience going out to the Julian Ranch. So I went out in January and by myself, (laughs) the lone wolf, (laughs) went out, (laughs) went out in the middle of the night and showed up in the middle of this campground in the middle of nowhere, California. Um, it was an experience. It was an experience, but I got there safely and then taught the women that were at this. It was a warrior women's hunt retreat. So it wasn't specific to bow hunting at the first event that I went to, um, but it was fantastic. It was women who were very curious about the world of hunting and they were from so many different experience levels. So I think initially, when I initially heard about the course, I thought these are going to be really gritty hunters who just know everything about the hunting world. And the fact of the matter is the majority of people in the hunting world are always still learning. They're efficient and they have skills, but they're always seeking to level up. And I, I, it's just been such an open and welcoming community because I, you know, I grew up in a world of hunters, but it was very localized here in the South. And it's a very different hunting world here than when you get into the big game hunting, especially in the the Western states. And so um, there's like this misunderstanding that there's this pretension and this attitude and everybody that I've experienced has been so welcoming and arms wide open. Let's learn like hunting can be for everybody. Let's make it a hobby. Let's make it part of a self-reliant lifestyle. So that's been really fun. But a lot of the women that were there had no hunting experience. They, maybe some of them had bows, but they hadn't killed an animal with it. They were, they had just trained with it to just learn the basic skill sets in archery. And so what this event is put on by Chris Cook and, um, her husband and her team. And it's falls under the umbrella of what they call the Julian Ranch. And they run, um, events through this and that the feeling is very inclusive and family oriented and it's just fun. It's fun. It's a way to get out and have this experience of camaraderie and breaking bread with people who are just as curious as you. And so they have these women out there for this um, event <clears throat> Out in, it's kind of confusing because you say the name Julian a lot, but their name of their ranch is the Julian Ranch, but it's in Julian, California. But this event is not taking place at their physical ranch. It's at a retreat center, which is amazing because it can facilitate so much learning. So at this retreat center, the women stayed there on site and they learned so much. They learned um, what they learned all about gear and what their kit should look like and what they should include. They learned about field dressing and then they actually got to field dress an animal. Um, They did some stop the bleed courses. They did some survival courses. I don't know why I say it with a confused face because I'm the one that taught it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> but um, so it was, it, they did a multitude, a multifaceted um, approach to learning every facet of hunting. But I got there um, on the tail end of the trip to teach on the last day the survival aspect. And so I did about a four hour block of instruction, same as we'll be doing, um, and just kind of taught them how to prepare for an unexpected night out. I used a lot of the education that I've gleaned from our own in-house survival expert, Kevin Estella, over the years, how, how they could prepare for an unexpected night out. And in my head, I thought, these women are going to know all of this information. But in reality, they didn't. And they were not prepared for an unexpected night out. They were prepared to go into the backcountry, hunt, and then never lose cell service and then find their way back out the same day. Right. They would never have to potty. They would never have to deal with a medical emergency. You know, this is this is like the utopia of how they felt prepared. And so that was really fun. And I got to approach it from a woman's perspective. So there are things for women that are important when it comes to hygiene and maintaining proper hygiene in the backcountry that I was able to um, teach them about. And like you, I have medical background, so I'm a registered nurse. You're a legit combat medic, combat medic so... Um, you're better than me, but anyway, I like medicine too. I don't know about that. <laughs> but um, I got to teach them about chest seals. You know, what happens if they would fall on a branch or any type of protruding object or get struck by an arrow? You know, we've all seen 1883. So d is, it was 1883, right? Is that the right reference? <laughs> I'm not, I don't even know the reference off the top of my head. Nate Jones. I know. Kevin okay. Estella, don't let Kevin Estella listen to this because he'll be so ashamed. Oh my gosh. Um, so there's just a variety of circumstances where they may need to utilize a chest seal or deal with um, a puncture in the chest cavity. And so just getting to explain all of that to them, getting them to be hands-on with practice chest seals and tourniquets. And then I brought them outside, taught them how to make a basic fire, brought them outside and they got to collect organic matter from the area and then make their own fires. They were beside themselves excited, like just getting their hands dirty and making fire. There is something primitive about us that when we make fire, we just want to beat our chest, regardless of if you are male or female, female and just like everyone look at fire. I made fire, you know? Yeah, because we see fire and we know like we're going to make it. Like it's going to be right. okay. I'm by myself. I could be by myself outside, but I'm not by myself because the fire is my friend and now I can cook food and now I can signal and now I can stay warm and now I can boil water. And it's just, there's just like so much hope in a fire. A fire is a beacon of hope, a flame. That is why it is in our Fieldcraft logo. So, um, that was so fun. It's, it's one of the perfect like base skills to go through that's uh that's one of the first things like to get my kids involved and interested it's like doing fire building um my kids are like building fires in the backyard all the time it's probably dangerous but um oh i have some pyromaniacs too you know all all the way up to the 15 year old who like it's one of my favorite videos you know i was taking videos of all the kids like starting fires in the backyard one day but like she's she's trying to start it trying to start it, and eventually she she hits the ferro rod catches a spark I mean, the, she lights up like, and, and just as fast as she lights up, she's like, yo, I'm amazing. And, yeah. uh, it, it like perfectly just captured like exactly, uh, what it feels like anyway, the first time they get to do it, which, and that's, you know, again, like this is, this is the kind of stuff that 
I love that we bake into the courses is because like I I want people to leave with that chest beating feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And there were women who had knives that they had um, certain places on their knives where they were like, my husband bought me this knife, and they told me that he told me that I could use this to help with use this on a ferro rod to. <clears throat> try to throw a spark, but I've never used it before. And so she used her own knife to start a fire. Look, if I'd have had the Fieldcraft survival survival ferro rods that have the magnesium on them, uh, we'd have been a rich company after that because everybody would have bought one. I'm joking. (laughs) But um, after that, everybody was like, why don't I have one of these in my purse? Like ferro rods, they're the coolest. (laughs) So it was so fun. And Chris, after the fact, Chris contacted me and she was like these women were obsessed with making fires i was like i know i could tell but um yeah fire it's dangerous in california it's kind of a, it's kind of a sensitive subject <laughs> it is it is and you know they just rebuilt a large part of this uh retreat center because the story that i was told was that a hunter was out and and something happened and he was trying to signal for help and started a fire and then it burned down half of this retreat center. They just rebuilt it. And so, which makes a lot of the facilities lovely. Um, but it also, now I understood why when I was, I asked the the uh, people running the camp where an area was that I could make a fire, their eyes got as big as saucers. And I'm like, just little ones, like we're just little fires. And they were like, uh, the fire pits would be a good place. I'm like, why is everybody so scared of fire? And then someone explained the story. I was like, wow, that was deeply insensitive of me to be like, I'm going to need a place to start 12 small fires. If you could just point that out for me, please. Literally, welcome to but- California. We have two places. We have the beach and Tinder. So please be careful. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah, well, you and I were in in Vegas the weekend before this, and we're trying to build a fire in the middle of the outskirts of Vegas. We're at a SIG, SIG Sour event, and we're like at our tent trying to hide from the wind to build fires with whatever natural components we found in the parking lot at this place. And people were walking by like, oh, wow, look at the field crafters at it again. And it, and it was raining, you know, like that's, uh, <laughs> that's another, it's so same thing. I loved the resilience course. It was fun to like hike everybody out into the snow. And I was like, all right, guys, like, let's build a fire. Like, yeah. What? You know, all right, we'll go, you know, anyways, it's, it's, it's just, again, like one of those huge confidence building things in any environment, being able to go and grab, gather those tools. People walk away from that all, always of just like, oh, holy crap. Like, I didn't think I could do it. And I did it. And I uh, did it. I built a fire. (laughs) Yo, I'm amazing. I am Kevin Estella. <laughs> I mean, it makes you feel on his level for, for just like one second. And then you're like, okay, now there's about 27 kinds of fires to build. Right. Start working through those. Um, but yeah, it it's so great to get people's hands dirty. Yeah, the, the uh, I love, and that's, you know, again, that's the, even matching the programming that, that Chris and Mike have out there at the ranch is, is a tough challenge too. Like they're, they're super in depth, you know, with, with, you know, even when they're running the hunting stuff, it's like, all right, everything from, um, you know, from like, like pre hunting process through like the hunting process contingencies in the hunting process. All right. You get the animal. And then it's like, I mean, everything from field dressing to a lot of times butchering and, and like actual processing, it's like, they, they don't skip a beat, which, which is, and so I, I, I wanted to do something similar to make sure that everything that we're going through is, is exhaustive in that sense of where we are, you know, like whatever skills we do teach, it's like, it's, it's full spectrum. It's not, 
Um, you know, it's it, the skills aren't like vague and only in black and white, you know, where we're kind of just talking about them as thought exercises. Again, like having people be able to execute on them and, and gain the what that feels like out walking around, like in, in the wilderness a little bit um, is is the goal. Because, again, it's hard to gather these skills. It's like what's even you're talking about even these like the hunter, the stone cold hunters you thought were going to show up. Um, it's funny how many people, again, like they go hunting and they, 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 they almost, mm-hmm. you know, it's not always often that things go wrong. So they get by with it. Um, mm-hmm. which is a whole enough fun, like a fun component to like stuff that we're building in responsible citizen. We're like, well, when we do course of action development, we talk about, all right, well, what's the best case? And most people are planning for best case. And then some people think to plan for worse wor- plan for worst case. All right. Well, then most likely, least likely. And that creates a whole spectrum along that continuum that like all right well where are my contingencies and that's where these skills come up yeah so the women's that women's course that i ran was my first experience with the ranch and the courses that they run and i loved the feeling of community and the attitude and the environment that was created in conjunction with this women's event they were running a 3d archery shoot which is like a baby version of um total archery challenge or tack And so there were a multitude of people coming, flowing around the ranch during this um, who were there for the archery challenge. And so lots of companies like Protect and Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and Sitka and Traeger, all their folks were out there. Jocko was out there with his origin line. And so it was such a great opportunity to have conversations with all of the people there. They saw that Fieldcraft was there. They were probably a little bummed when they realized it was just me, but um, they were they were like, what's Fieldcraft doing here? And so Chris was explaining to them, Amber's here training the women, and they were like, okay, that's cool, but why can't we get trained by Fieldcraft? And so that is where this opportunity was birthed, and so she's running another Women's Warrior Hunt Retreat um, at the end of May, beginning of June, and alongside that... It's it it's it's more archery specific, but alongside that, they're running another full send 3D archery shoot. So they will have vendors out there. Again, everybody will be set up in tents, kind of like it was this last time, where you have the origin, you have Protect, you have the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and you have representatives from all these companies that you can network with and ask questions to. And so it became the, a great test bed for us to stand up a course for everybody, not just the women. So you and I will be there training the women again, doing that survival instruction block that I did with them last time, where we speak to them in the through the lens of you may have an unexpected night out. How do we prepare you for that? What do you need to add to your gear list to be ready for that? How will you provide yourself with food and water and sustain yourself, protect yourself from the elephant? Elephants, elements, <laughs> possibly elements, depending on where you go. <laughs> um, and what skill sets can we train you up in today in just a few hours to make you feel equipped and capable? So that's what we're doing for the women. But we wanted to also be able to offer a course for individuals who either are coming for that 3D archery shoot. Um, it is a it's a campsite is what it is. So there's places for camper. It's a retreat center. So there's places for campers and RVs where you could set those up. But then you could also reserve these bunk rooms just like a camp, like a camp, a retreat center. And so what I noticed 
last time was a lot of women came to the retreat whose husbands or spouses came along with them and just stayed on site because it's beautiful. It's so fun. There's so much opportunity to have conversations with really interesting people. Um, and it, it was very family fr- friendly. There's like this lovely playground where there was just kids playing at constantly. And it, it very much made me feel peaceful and at home being there um, because there was so much opportunity for so many different people to do so many different things, right? So maybe someone's spouse is coming out with them for the 3D, for the um, women's hunt retreat, and they want to get trained with us. Or maybe it's somebody who is within driving distance to Julian, California, who just wants to come out for the day. Um, this is a public campground, so you can come out and you can just come train with us for <clears throat> it's um, it's a relatively inexpensive course. It's one hundred and fifty dollars for the four hours and we're running it on Saturday as well as Sunday. So you have two opportunities to take it and it's a miniature organ trail. It's so fun when you when you came to me with the idea, I was like, yeah, do I have to be a teacher or can I? play. I want to play. I want a calamity card. So you, what's your vision? Your vision is to do the blocks of instruction, get them equipped and prepared. We have the supplies they'll need. And then, so you're going to, we're going to train them up. I say you, I say we very carefully. You will train them up as I assist you in med, land nav, and then the survival. Yeah, we'll probably start with, I think, land nav. Um, that's kind of, I was like, thinking, you know, thinking to myself, I was like, all right, well, the first things first is you're, we're using land nav because we're, I mean, any, anytime we're doing anything, we're generally navigating from from A to B. And so ha- starting with that conversation, all right, well, well, then like what happens if you uh, if you lose your way or if you, or if you get lost, again, the unexpected night out, um, which I think is all is, is a lot more common than maybe people gave it credit for. Um, and so having again some of these basic survival skills to just be able to like upgrade your circumstance or again you know um uh, an unexpected an unexpected night out is probably a, a, a good way to put it but it's like that's that turns a, an emergency into just a problem you know mm-hmm. and so that's kind of the goal is all right well what basic necessities can we can we cover to just turn an emergency into a problem you know over the course of, of 24 to maybe 48 hours is what the idea is and and then uh and then worst case scenario is if you get hurt along the way, um, then, you know, having to, to manage some of those injuries and, and some of the things that you need to do to, to get to safety from there, which, Laying and again, in you know, it, right, right. Because uh, again, uh, you know, worst case, best case, most likely, least likely, and everywhere in between is what the, uh, what the idea is. And, um, and then it'll be fun. It'll be fun to, to get to walk around and, and I'm putting people into groups, um, is, is what the goal is people into groups just like we had to put people in the wagon trains and that way we can uh rotate responsibilities that way everyone hopefully gets a chance to uh to try different skills but it's uh we do this a lot in, in lots of different classes as well but pe- putting people inside of a group environment uh it helps to you know have other people to watch somebody else do it it kind of it really emphasizes the whole see one do one teach one model that um that we try to utilize as best we can you've got people with different skill levels inside of groups um, or, or again, it's like, you know, maybe they know each other, maybe they don't, you know, it, it would be super fun to watch people of, of groups of four and five that all know each other. They get to, to go work, you know, work with each other or watch, you know, small, small families get to go work together to do this and navigate from point to point, 
be issued a calamity card to essentially have to complete a task and uh yeah and actually make it happen you know and it's going to be you know things of maybe they'll have to perform a task there um or i'll have them gather something and bring it back to us and then they'll have to perform the task in front of us that's like things <laughs> like uh you know i can have people filter their water out there away from me but it's uh it's generally a safer bet to have them bring it back and uh to do at least you know if they're going to do something for the first time it's not bad to have that supervised uh while they while they develop a little bit of confidence in their equipment so or same thing you know like with the fires it's like it's probably best that we don't have them starting fires out there in the uh in the tenderland so um some of that stuff will have people you know bring some things back and then be able to to execute the task so mm -hmm. i love um giving people the independence with showcasing that there is a competency with the skill sets and the teachings. And it does so much for their self-confidence and their belief in their ability to learn, you know, that it, it just compounds. And so by the next step or by the next skill set, they feel so much more equipped and, and, and empowered, regardless of how old you are or how much experience you have. Like, we're all beginners when it comes to something. We're all new at something. And while the name land nav or medical can sound really intimidating, um, I've gone through these trainings with you guys, with our team, and I've watched these trainings over the course of my time at Fieldcraft, and it's for everyone. You know, these names sound very tactical and oftentimes uh, very intimidating, but there's something that can be gleaned, and and everybody, regardless of their walk of life or their experience level, is capable of understanding. Because a lot of times things like land nav sound like something that are reserved for people who are doing training for really extensive backwoods back country, out of country, surreptitious situations, you know, no, but it's surreptitious. Not. that one's my favorite. <laughs> it's not, it's no, this is how, this is how we've made our way across the United States since the beginning of civilization here. And so we can continue knowing how to navigate the land and we are capable of doing it. The brain is the equalizer and it, you are, you are able to understand and you need to, like, you need to know how to navigate, especially if you're going out and you're experiencing life off, off the beaten path, whether that's mobility, whether that's hiking with your family, just visiting national parks, like cell service is terrible in most national parks, you know, just being able <clears throat> and capable to take care of yourself and your family and to be a responsible citizen to help take care of others in whatever circumstances you find yourself in outside of, I don't even want to say outside of urban areas because a lot of this could be applicable to within urban areas as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the whole point is to, is especially for these, you know, for these times that we're having the conversation, you know, very fast and, and such a short, short time span, making it relevant, you know, to, to, to students and understanding that like, Hey, you know, we're talking about land navigation and we happen to be out here in a little bit more of a remote environment, but like you practice land, nav land navigation every single day. You know, um, mm -hmm. whether, you, whether you think so or not, like, obviously, you're, you're, you're navigating from point to point, you know, sometimes you're doing it with your phone, sometimes you're not. Um, but the whole point, I mean, like, anytime you have to go anywhere, like, you're navigating there. And so to take these principles, um, you know, like the methods may differ, but the principles essentially stay the same. And so when I can teach you the principles, 
well, then now you start navigating your daily life, even in an urban, urban area, like with the principles that you would apply inside of a remote area. And all it does is give you practice. It helps you conceptualize the things that you're doing, um, you know, in, in both environments and, and it keeps it relative, rel- you know, relative. And these principles, like they, you know, it's a fun to teach with Kevin Estella all the time, because a lot of the principles that exist for as like survival principles, well, the same principles apply, you know, for dealing with a lot of medical situations. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one mindset that you, you know, like maybe survival is the, is the gateway, you know, to help you understand this specific principle. But then, you know, it's a, uh, once you see it there, you start to see it everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what's fun because now, now, now you're given something that you can apply into all these different aspects of life. That's why my favorite students are my kids because, you know, I love taking on, I'm, I'm having my kids, you know, run this Oregon trail course because um, what better gift, you know, to, you know or, or responsibility, however you want to like, you know, pick, choose to look at it. But I'm like, it, it is far better to render beings in my care competent than to try to protect them and to, and to like, again, like, you know, at such, at such a young age for them to again, teach that thing of like, Hey, you can learn and do things. Um, that's not school. That's not sports. And that's not me picking on school and it's not me picking on sports, maybe a little bit, but there's a whole lot more to life, you know, like, uh, there, there's, there's so much more to do. And when you can teach yourself that you can handle all these problems across lots of different problems, across lots of different modalities, it's way more encouraging and inspiring than, than, the, you know, this one unit of measurement that we're, that we're often, you know, that I, that I often see taught in terms of competence or capability, you know, so it's, it's fun. Yeah. I don't, I don't care what age you are. A, like a scavenger hunt is thrilling. You know what I mean? Like when there is a challenge in front of you, number one, you get to do it as a team, number two. And number three, like you get to succeed in front of other people, you know, like there's an end point to it. <laughs> it is thrilling. It does something to the, to the human mind. There is a physiological effect of just joy that comes from it so when like when you came with the idea came with me to me with the idea of doing Oregon Trail I was like oh my gosh this is so great can we just do this everywhere I know we gotta find more locations it'll be it'll be super fun and that's like and it's a except Louisiana because like you might actually get bitten by a snake (laughs) yeah right yeah I mean well I mean it's it's uh it's a danger everywhere so we're gonna have to uh that's one of the first things we have to do when we get there is prep the battlefield a little bit and uh, make sure that we're not going to have any crazy issues walking around. I don't know how warm it's going to be by then up there. Yeah, for sure. They've had an exceptionally cold year, it seems. Yep. It'll be fun. um, It's like, uh, it'll be good. Yeah. So you'll train everybody up. We'll train everybody up. And then... They, we're going to go out on this trail, this preset course that we've already navigated, we've already secured, and you'll have calamity cards. Right? Yeah. And so it's going to be very direct and, and concise and laid out. Like, no, there's no guesswork. Like, they'll know exactly what they're doing. They'll have all the supplies. Yeah. Again, everyone gets to show up. They don't have to bring a single thing. And they'll just be able to... Um... To you know, hand we'll hand out the supplies as needed, and then they're going to go on their way and make it happen. Yeah, I love this because we have you know we have medical specific training, we have 
um, land nav specific training. We have survival bushcraft training. And so this is kind of like a buffet, a, a, a shorter, more consolidated buffet of all of these, kind of like the resilience courses do, but in a very much tightened format to where people are getting a lot out of a one day experience to come in and they're kind of touching all over the board on things that they need to level up on. So I love that it, it differs from our other courses in that way. And then and then I think it's a really good gauge as well of your skill sets to figure out where maybe your launch point is for more extensive training after that. Like where did you feel, where do you feel you fell short or you were the most confused or you needed more the most work or you felt a lack of confidence? Which area did you feel that in after this course? Well, that's a good arrow and direction for you to head for your next training that you choose to involve yourself in. So I think a lot of people have that question mark when they want to get involved with preparedness, but there's so many facets. As we can see through doing Program 62 that, you know, we go through 12 weeks and by the end of the 12 weeks, people are like, well, there is so much more to my preparedness lifestyle than I ever envisioned. And so I think it'll be that way too with this course is they, it's a starting point for them to show up to to see what their competency is, to see what skill sets and resources they already have available to them. And then they can hyper-focus on where that arrow leads them for their next step rather than getting stuck in the mundane aspect of listening to the podcast and watching the videos, but never actually inserting themselves into the education segments where the real growth and transformation happens. Because there's all those question marks of overwhelm when they get to the training site of, well, what what should I do first? Like, where do I start? So it's very much a start. You start here and you figure out what feels good and what didn't feel good. And you use that as your guide to set you on the path for really gaining a leg up in your preparedness game. And that's what we're all looking for, right? Is there's no time like the present to get started. Yeah. And that's again, like, and for this course, like the only thing I love, um, I love the introductory level aspect, but at the same time, you know, like, like you just said, it's, you know, having the challenge course in there is a way that, you know, maybe you show up to training and maybe we present something in a way that is a little bit new, you know, hopefully that's, that's what the case is, is if, even if you're familiar with concept, concepts, you can have them refreshed, you can have them updated, you, um, you can do any number of things to then uh, update, you know, update knowledge, but then you have that challenge course that, um, that is a test. You know, I, I love baking tests into classes as well, because again, that, that is your gauge. That's your fix is to figure out like, okay, you know, uh, where am I at or how did I perform? Um, because there's other, there's other variables that might, that might be able to affect your, your performance other than just simply your knowledge base. Uh, so yeah. it's, it's, it's a way to bring all of that together. I'm, uh, I'm excited about it. I love that. So guys, if you want to join our course, you can visit our website, fieldcraftsurvival.com, go to training and look for Intro to Survival Oregon Trail Challenge. There's two opportunities for you to join us on June 3rd and 4th this summer out in Julian, California. Thanks for being here with me, Nate. And thank you guys for listening. We cannot wait to talk to you again next time. <laughs>